Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the best podcast you've ever heard about Survivor Takes in the entire world. No contest. Don't argue with me. Don't at me. My name is Naomi Calhoun, and this is Mike White Was Robbed, the podcast about hot Survivor Takes, as I've said, just like a lot of the contestants on the sort of mid-20s Survivor, just dumb and hot takes. So let's begin episode two with my guest, my friend, and yours, host of the pilot season podcast, Michael J. Clark, what the hell is up? Hello! I am so excited to be in the guest chair. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. I'm so excited too. I feel like you, you've had me, I feel like when I come on your podcast, I'm kind of like, like a drunk party guest that's there at like 3am and you're like, I really want to go to bed right now. Can we wrap this up? So it's nice to have sort of the other side of it. It's accurate. <laughs> So, Mike, today you bring me a hot survivor take. You bring the audience uh, an opinion that I've actually never heard before that I think is interesting, and I'm ready to talk about it. What is your hot survivor take today? Okay, so today's hot survivor take on the Mike White Was Robbed podcast is if Chrissy Hoffbeck would have won season 35, she would be a bottom five winner. <laughs> now, if there was an alternate title for this podcast, it would be Chrissy Hoffbeck was robbed. But I'm so excited to talk about this because I, I, I don't know if I disagree, but I really have a soft spot for Chrissy. I think Chrissy is a, a hilarious like character and player. And I also really hate the final four fire making twist. So I think that. Uh, I'm really curious to sort of hear this and see see what happens. So, like, right off the bat, <laughs> what the fuck? Where does this take come from? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that uh, we, we give a lot of shine to Chrissy for being the alternate to a winner that People, in retrospect, looking back, are like, eh, like, I'm not stoked on the fact that Ben Drebergen is a survivor winner. Right. Now, before I, I, I before, like, I start my thesis, like, I feel like I'm in my college, like, in this essay, I will. Here's what I will, here's what I am not arguing. I am not arguing that Ben is a great winner. Right, right. That's not my argument. I'm not arguing that... Ryan Ulrich would have been a great winner because he wouldn't have been. <laughs> I'm saying that of that three, there weren't any really great winners in there, but the, the focus is going to be today on Chrissy. Right. And yeah, I, I think that Chrissy's game gets accelerated. I think that people have this idea that Chrissy should have won season 35. Yes. Hello. I feel like when you say people, like, when you say people, it can just be replaced with me. It's like, people don't like Ben Drigbergen. People think he's a shitty winner. People think Chrissy should have won. This is all me. Um, so let's start off by first saying that Chrissy loses HHH by yes. a vote of 5 to 2 to 1. Correct. So Chrissy actually has Mike and Ashley's jury votes. Mm-hmm. Ryan gets Devin's and Ben gets the rest. Yes. So if Chrissy just flips two people, she wins, Mm -hmm. which is uh, a really interesting scenario. I don't think there are a lot of, usually you see like either final tribals are super close. It's like 4-3 or whatever, or, you know, 5-4. And and this one is uh, fascinatingly like a a split where you just flip two people, you can win. Um, And I rewatched the final tribal council, which is rough, and I am remembering... (laughs) that I was pretty drunk for a lot of this season since this was like, I think our first mafia group viewing that I was really attending in frequency. Yes. So what kind of uh, moves do you think Chrissy made that are, are like, I guess I, you know, when I think of like, you know, the whole fricking tier list that Taryn kept making for winners at war, I'm, I'm thinking about like, what people consider good and, and negative about legacies, uh, about winners' legacies. So what would you consider is, like, the, the sort of negative pillars of a Chrissy legacy if she wins? Okay, so 
I think the moment that you have to look at is the JP vote. The vote in which Chrissy and Ryan and JP uh, get completely snowed by um, the the group led by uh, Lauren Rimmer, Ben, Devin, uh, Ashley. I think that was the four. And then they kind of, they pick up the votes of uh, Joe and Dr. Mike just by like them being there and like not really have it like Ben and Dr. Mike aren't in on the on the plan but right. it's really that uh foursome that really kind of pull the wool over Chrissy and Ryan's eyes yeah that episode is like a double episode and it's um yeah JP goes and then Joe goes it's, right a, fa- it's, a, it's a it's a great it's a great that's the great stretch of HHH is those Two episodes back-to-back, where JP and Joe leave in the double episode, and then the next episode is the Lauren Rimmer episode. And so... Bro. <clears throat> I'm, like, I'm so triggered by all of this, because I'm like, oh, man, we were really, like, cruising. We're like, oh, man, JP, this fucking piece of cardboard is gone. <laughs> Joe, who, like, kind of sucks, but is entertaining, but he's gone. The villain goes. And then it's like, Lauren Rimmer goes with the idol in the fire, and you just like you just start foaming at the mouth with anger, yes. and then the season just goes downhill from there. Yes. So, and at that point, you're hoping for a Doctor Mike win. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, I hope this guy pulls it out. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about the votes that weren't for Ben. There, right. Devin's vote for Ryan. Um, I, I feel like Devin was always going to vote for Ryan. They were um, on the Hustler Tribe together. They were like a day one alliance. And even though it became like tenuous at times, like Devin was always going to vote for Ryan there. Do you, are, are you are you are you so far we're we're good? I think Devin is somebody who would vote to give someone a vote. Like he he probably knows how much like of a fan Ryan is, and probably knows that like Ryan would be devastated to get zero votes at Tribal Council. So to get one vote is kind of to me Devin's vote is like both a pity vote and like a hey you're my number one and I respect you vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how in the, the previous episode, which all of you listened to, and if you didn't, then shut this off. You shouldn't be listening to me. Episode on Jared, Jared Laxer, Cass would beat Woo. <laughs> uh, and the, the, the pilot episode of uh, this podcast, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of rude that you didn't ask me to be on the pilot, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, you brought up the uh, dream season for you of type A woman versus yes. chill bros. Uh, Devin, <laughs> one of the captains on the Chill Bro tribe. Yes. Definitely. Like it, is, it might be the captains of Chrissy and Devin. It's Devin, it's Jay Starrett, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's all those guys that, that you mentioned. But Jay, Jay is almost too energetic. It needs to be Taylor. It needs to be all these men <laughs> who, like, did not know what they were getting into when they went on Survivor. Like, Eddie. Like, just the men who are like... Yeah, I'm really excited to, like, get a tan and open a dog bar. Yes, Eddie Fox. (laughs) Right, and then they're all just like, oh, we have to vote people out? That's, like, such a bummer, dude. Like, at least Jay was like, I'm here to play. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I I want it to be three tribes, though, because Mm. I think think there's a really important... Mm. um, It is a really important subsection of Survivor characters that I think should all be on a tribe together... And I will love it. I'm going on a limb saying you will love it. I think that a lot of like Survivor Internet, Survivor Reddit will hate it. But give me like the neurotic young women tribe. Like give me a tribe of Gabby, of Hannah, of Aubrey, yeah. like all of them all together. Like I want to see that too. Should it just be like the neuroses tribe? Should it <laughs> should it be men and women? Like like the Split Ryan it. and. Yeah. Uh, and um, Stephen Fishback, just like all, it could ju- you could just have the neurotic Jew tribe, and like everybody is paranoid. Yes, and I think we make this like Australian Survivor, like eight, eight, and eight, like not, not you know, not six and six. So it's just even more chaos, of course, because I think part of part of why the Type A women versus laid back men uh, cast to me needs it needs the it needs the breadth. You can't just go because there's been like such a, a beautiful. Um, amount of type a women in recent survivor Mm -hmm. and you can't just cast all six of them from like seasons 33 onwards you need like 
you need to go back into the archives and get like Dina and stuff. Of like course. just just the real sort of uh uh I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying. And so I think you're totally right. Neurotic <laughs> the neuroses tribe would be a great <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else would like be a great addition to the neuroses tribe of um I think I think Rafe on this tribe would be great. Yes. Rafe would be amazing. Yeah. Uh if you are concerned, by the way, that like we're getting off the beaten path right now and we haven't brought up Chrissy <laughs> in the last ten minutes, you've never heard uh, Naomi on podcast. You've never heard season. a podcast <laughs> with Naomi on it. I feel like this is me in real life all the time is like, hey, I've got like 20 things I want to talk about with one person. Like I'm I'm a disaster at parties because I want to talk to every single person about something and it'll end up where like... Um, I don't know when else oh, I'm going to be able to bring this up, but I have a yes, funny anecdote so. about... So I was thinking about this as I was going to bed last night. I, I, of course, like survivor thoughts are like running through my head as I'm about to go to bed because yeah, like, I'm vision, a nerd. visions of sugar plums dance <laughs> yes. in your head. Um, I I feel like starting in season 34 because that's when uh, Andrea started the fan forum and then onward. So like 35 is when we first started going to Stone Creek. Um, Absolute shout out to the People's Fan Forum. Shout out to the People's Fan Forum for sure. But starting in season 34, I feel like I'm Marilu Henner in where (laughs) I can tell you where I watched each episode of Survivor. And so one of like such places was, so the merge episode in this season was um, uh, RHAP, like a live know-it-alls. Yeah. Uh, it happened uh, in a movie theater and the after party, my memories of that after party are that like I had such anxiety where like I was inside for about like 10 minutes and I was like talking to Akiva right. and I'm like, I cannot stay here just because it was so crowded. You couldn't move around anywhere. And I was yes. like hyper, like I had to like step outside and like the rest of the night I like hung out outside and like talked to Josh Wiggler and talked to Suri and like. It was pretty nice. I was able to like see everyone as they came in. Well, it's so funny because I totally hip checked Jessica Lewis at the live know it alls that was recently. Phenomenal. Because I just could not fucking get anywhere in the bar, and I like <laughs> I, I hip checked this girl, and I looked, and I was like, oh shit, that was Jessica Lewis. Well, whoops, and so I just bolted. But like th- those bars were so crowded. Absolute shout out to the Andreas People Fan Forum. Oh yes, that place ruled. It's hilarious to go back in the archives and watch. Impossible to watch, but if you do, if you are able to watch them, like you can just see all of our faces, like pre knowing each other, all just in a room together. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. Um, Man. All right. So that that night, while I'm at the after party, the week previous was an alley vote out, and that was a Stone Creek day. I remember being at Stone Creek, I remember playing Mafia afterwards. And I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. is where, like, I I met you for the first time. We had a conversation, and, uh, you know, it was it was nice. And, like, I remembered the conversation. So cut to the next week. It's the Jessica vote. It's I'm at this bar, and I'm, like, hyperventilating. I'm, like, really, like, like having a hard time. And I right, right. approach our mutual friend, Amy, and... Our mutual friend, Noah. Right. Oh, no. And I say hi to Amy. And I say to Noah, like, hey, like, how did the uh, survive, like, the, the out laugh thing go? Yeah, I'm sure out laugh was happening. Yeah. Fucking hysterical. Yeah. And, and so, like, of course, like, now that I know both of you, like, you're so easy to tell apart, for sure. But, like, at the moment, like, I was yes. drunk. I was, like, nervous and anxious. And I see... Noah and like my first thought is like that's Naomi like that's the person right. I that that to. that brunette Jew I know her anywhere. <laughs> so that's my fun story about. Well, Noah and I actually know each other from a. It's funny Noah and I know each other from a different, a totally different thing. Yeah. It's the same reason that like Mark Levy and I know each other, and it's so funny to me that there's this like incredible crossover between the thing that I used to be super into that I don't want to talk about anymore (laughs) and the thing that I'm now very into which is Survivor and the crossover is hilarious that that story is so fucking funny 
or like I remember meeting Nicole Horn in like the um the 38 uh the 38 big like finale party yeah. Shout and out I to was Nicole like Horn. this yeah I was like this bitch needs to play Survivor New York she is incredible and then she started like then she suddenly kept showing up in my life and I was like have you been here the whole time I don't I, <laughs> how have we never talked like I admire and respect everything about you and I was like where did she come from I hope that she is a future guest because she would be so great on this podcast yeah I have to have to reach out to her I it's so funny like um do you remember that one time that Jordan invited Simone and I was like what the fuck is Simone doing here this is a weird day um (laughs) yes at a previous I want to say for season 34 for Game Changers at that Live know-it-alls. The night before is always the, the you know, the karaoke night for the right. patrons. And uh, Stevie and Simone came to the karaoke night. This was before, like, Simone was, like, on the show and before anyone right. knew who Simone was. And when I tell you that Simone at RHAP patron karaoke night saying, I dreamed a dream from Les Mis and... <laughs> chastised people for not giving her a round of applause when the song ended. Uh, yeah, it happened. I was there. I remembered. And uh, when she was on the show, I'm like, oh, that's her. That is so incredible. What songs... Do you have any karaoke songs that you love to bring a room down with? I always make um, my boyfriend Danny sing Stan because it's just so funny. Um, <laughs> to watch like a room and I, I I don't know why people like private rooms so much I love bringing down a room full of people during karaoke I love to be in the big room and be like hey you fuckers have to listen to what I want to sing now <laughs> um, great so we, what do you think are the pillars of Chrissy's loss or <laughs> Chrissy's bad game okay so I think that if we like we can even go to the beginning of the game like, I, I, I think at every turn, I think that Chrissy's game is fine. Like, it's not great. First vote, she gets uh, dehydrated, of course, and uh, yeah. vomits at the end of the first uh, challenge, which she kind of takes the L for. Um, and Ryan Ulrich has the special idol that he's able to give someone a secret. So he's able to give this idol to Chrissy. Without, like, speaking to her, without anything like that. And Chrissy is able to use that relationship the entire game to the point where, like, she doesn't have a lot of agency of her own. It's a lot of, hey, like, this is connecting us together. So I guess, like, we're doing things together the rest of the game. Right. So... Katrina vote out. It was never gonna. It wasn't gonna be her. And if it was, she had the eye. So that you know that that that's fine. Uh, what I think is interesting here is Katrina actually votes for Ashley. Yes. I would have to rewatch this. Why the fuck does she vote for Ashley? I think that Katrina. It's one of those situations where sometimes you are you have a relationship with someone, and you know like this person is more into me than I am to them. Yeah. I think that was the Katrina and uh, Chrissy relationship. Where Katrina, like, Chrissy was Katrina's number one. And, like, Chrissy didn't care for Katrina at all. And so I don't think that that was ever an option for Katrina to vote out Chrissy. Uh, and if you remember, I think in that first episode, where Alan Ball kind of freaks out a bit and gets worried about Ashley and JP... Does Alan Ball also go on to the Neuroses tribe? Oh my god, so much. I love (laughs) Alan Ball needs to be back on the show. So Alan Ball gets like nervous about this and says, hey, JP and Ashley are a pair. We need to break that up. And so I think Alan kind of gets into Katrina's ear and says, hey, like, let's take a shot at these two who are obvious pair. So that's why Katrina votes that way. I also think that I've I've remember Chrissy had a very big um I maybe I listened to her post recap mm-hmm. when it came out um Chrissy had always said that she believed that you as a woman you need to align yourself with somebody who is different than you 
because you see it a lot in Survivor. If you're aligned with a woman who is similar to you, yes, whichever woman is deemed more valuable, the other one is picked off. Yes, because once people see your traits and they see you as an asset or they see the other person as an asset, they will cut you because you are not an asset. And so part of Chrissy's strategy had always been to align with people who were different than her, which is why I think she tries to align with Ben, you know, mm-hmm. to whatever degree. But I also, I, I really agree with the idea that like Ryan really saddles himself to Chrissy and, and runs with it. We, we get to the swap. Like they don't go to tribal again until they get to the swap. We get to the swap and it is really like, it's an ideal swap for Chrissy. It's perfect because yes. she swaps over with JP, who, like, sorry, JP Hilsebeck, like, you're, you're just, just, there's no, no there there. He's never going to kind of do his own thing. Like, he's going to be led by the person like, oh, like, I know her. Like, we've been in the same tribe the entire game. Yeah. So, like, JP was always going to be a number for her. And also with Ryan, who she's like, oh, I have this built-in thing with. So they had the three to two advantage there. Like, she had two votes yeah. guaranteed right there. And so Rourke and Allie go, yeah, I think that's like an ideal swap. I also think this is probably the the best part of Chrissy's game. She's she's being cutthroat. And, you know, people have always said, you know, like she's a little bit big in her britches when she does all this yes. stuff. But she's, I mean, rightfully so, she feels very set up in that she doesn't need these women to succeed in the game because she has these two men and then she has the people that she's close with on her tribe on the other side. I mean, she does lose. So with Katrina and Alan gone, she does have JP and Ashley and Ben. Yes. It's really only three uh, heroes and, you know, the healers. I- I'm-, I'm curious if mm-hmm. the he- I know that the healers were always a big target and this is, I don't know who would know this. If, like, just the heroes and the the hustlers knew, like, we got to get these fuckers out. Like, Mm -hmm. look, we'll worry about this later. We got to get these fuckers out because they outnumber us. I know that's what they eventually do, but I'm wondering if that's what's going on in their head um, in the merge or in the swap. I know that's why they partially why they take out Rourke, but I'm, I'm, you know, just going in, like, is that a concern? Because if that is a concern, I think it's a smart observation from... People like Chrissy and Ryan who know, like, look, Red and Blue need to team up together because otherwise we're all going home. Yeah, I'm not going to take away um, how well Chrissy played in the Rourke vote. Uh, I think it's her having her telling JP, hey, like, they want to do an all-girls alliance to, like, convince JP, like, okay, then we got to vote her out. Um, But what I'm saying is it was a cushy swap for her. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, it, and yeah, like, Ryan had Allie, and, like, Ryan could have, like, gone with Allie also, but Ryan is such a fan that, like, the idea of, like, hey, like, this cross-tribal thing where, like, I gave someone an idol on the first day, like, how dope would it be if, like, we completely run this game together? Like, if right. this were someone else on that tribe, like, if it were someone who wasn't as... Like, gung-ho about, like, making cool Survivor, then, like, maybe they're more loyal to Allie than Chrissy at this point. But I think that Ryan's, like, background and, like, desire to be, like, I want to do something cool, like, really Mm -hmm. helps Chrissy in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Chrissy... Chrissy's game is fascinating to me because I really like how in charge she is but we see immediately like she gets she cops the five healers votes at the sort of merge where jessica goes and i don't think that's for nothing i think that i think at a merge when you're looking to vote somebody out and you're trying to flip people over you target the most unlikable person Mm -hmm. like when cochran flips in south pacific they target keith because fuck Keith. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I think in this situation, the healers are probably saying, well, who is the likeliest to be flipped on who the people don't like that much? And they the pick people Chrissy. don't want to stick around and they pick Chrissy. Yes. Which says a lot. But then the healers get picked off three in a row. Yeah. And, and so I think that when you look at 
if we go all the way back to uh, Survivor Thailand, right. and don't worry, like I'm not going to say Survivor Thailand for a very long time. Like I know that like it's trash. Brian everything. Heideck was a great person. Is your next hot take? <laughs> no, that is <laughs> disavow. I am not <laughs> giving that take. No. Um, but one of the things that you look at with that vote, where it was Brian versus Clay, and it came to a four-three vote, and so some people look at that and be like, "Wow, like Brian was a vote away from losing." But I think the argu- the pro Brian argument there is, Brian knew it was a seven-person jury. He only needed four votes, so he cultivated mm. one, two, three, four. He didn't care if it was four-three if it was seven-zero. I'm looking at the rest of the votes. So as you said. Devin voted for Ryan. He was always going to vote for Ryan. Mike and Ashley voted for Chrissy. So that leaves Lauren, Joe, JP, Cole, and Desi, who all voted for Ben. Yes, you can make the argument like, well, like, Ben's the Marine. Like, Ben's the family man. Like, Ben um, found all of these idols and had all these histrionics and Ben bombs. Like, oh, like, of course they're going to vote for Ben. Like, he's the American hero. You know, like you said, like Chrissy's final tribal is not great. Like where, you know, she tries to make the argument that like, well, like a mom is like a hero healer and hustler all at the same time. (laughs) And it just like gives like it's like an eye roll from everyone. So I guess my question is, besides JP, and you said she has to flip two different votes because it's five, two, one. Right. Where is she getting the other vote? She did not do what she needed to do relationship-wise. Cultivating relationships. Like, if you ask the members of season 35, like, to a person, like, hey, like, what do you think of Chrissy out there? I think most of them would be like, eh, like, I didn't love her. Like, she, you know, she didn't, like, I don't think that she inspired a lot of, oh, I definitely, like, want her to represent this season. I want Mm. her to be the winner of this game. Of course. Because I don't think that, like, from the merge on, that I think she makes a lot of mistakes. And I think that she doesn't really have a move besides, hey, like, I'm going to, like, win three immunities in a row. Which, great job. Fantastic. You know who else won a lot of immunities to win? Mike Holloway. Like, and I like Mike Holloway. Like, is he considered a great winner? Jenna Maraska, great winner. Like, no, like they, they, they won a lot of immunities. So I think my first thought was JP, obviously, but I also think that my, my one thought, and maybe this is wrong, is Joe. Okay. And I say this because I think Joe was fed up with everybody. When you watch the final tribal over, it seems like Joe doesn't care about any of them. He, he, you know, he has to tell Ben like, bro, you need to fight for this. Like, why do I give you this money? And, I, as much as I think Joe, uh, I don't think Joe would take anything sort of personally. So whatever, you know, Ben and him having their like confrontations, I don't think uh, Joe holds it against Ben. Yeah. But I think that if we're looking at it from the perspective of like, who could Chrissy flip? I think we, we know that like Desi and Chrissy have like a weird thing. I don't really. Oh, they have beef. Yeah. I don't really understand it. I still don't understand it. Cole is Cole. JP is JP. I think Lauren's always going to vote for Ben. Yes. And I think um, Joe, if Chrissy highlights some other talking point, if Chrissy just like, maybe if Chrissy says like, I was a badass bitch, if Chrissy says something, and if she can take that and turn it into, well, I played this game like a hard ass. And if I was a, like, if I was a man, you'd probably respect me more, but I have to be who I am, which is like a tough mom. Yeah. Maybe Joe flips, jo- you know. But the thing, like about, a- the thing about Joe though is, Again, think of the type of player that Joe is. Like, Joe wants to make the flashy move where, like, he idles out Alan and, like, calls out uh, Ashley for, like, I brought it on your face, baby doll. Like, like, I knew that. Like, like, he loves the big move and he wants to. So every, like, if you watch, like, a highlight of Ben Dreebergen, like bringing out idols, every single one yeah. of them, he's like cheesing it up. He's like pumping his fist. Like he loves it. Like Joe wants theater. Like Joe wants a moment. And 
Chrissy's not giving him a moment where it's like, oh, like, I may not like Ben, but Ben kept me entertained as I was, like, sitting here and, like, yes, like, go, fight the resistance. I, I actually think Chrissy gives moments. They're just not well-received because nobody likes her. Because yeah. she's, she's, I just think about, like, all the kids in my, like, college classes who would speak and I was like, I hate this fucker. I genuinely hate this fucker and I hope he never speaks another word again. <laughs> but you're but he's trying to show off and you're like, I wish that this person would stop forever. And you can never bring yourself to like them because you're so annoyed by them. Chrissy's legacy really struggles with Ben making it to the end. Chris I, maybe count you know, you can you can at me and say that I'm wrong, but I think Chrissy's legacy is a little bit better if the final four fire making challenge does not exist and if devin is able to get to the end okay. would she beat devin no 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 right she doesn't I think, beat she, devin, I think she loses massively to devin i think in some fictional verse where like they're able to take out ben the legacy is a little better but in that same fictional verse she also loses harder yeah so we're really like marveling it up we're creating the multiverse like <laughs> welcome to the multiverse <laughs> I want so I want to talk about yeah the last like the, the finale episode of HHH. It's the final five, the final four, and the fire making. And like oh like everyone hates fire making. I don't like fire making either. But I, I think when people use fire making to discredit Ben and say Chrissy was robbed, Chrissy should have won. I think they have it wrong. Let's start at the five. Devin Pinto makes a move which like. Had he won the game, yep. like, would go down, like, in history of, like, can you believe when Devin did that and he intentionally tied the vote because he thought that Ben could possibly have another item? Ben puts it in Ryan and Chrissy's hands at five because it's a tie. And, like, Ben even says to Devin, like, now your fate's in their hands. So they have the choice to either eliminate Devin or Dr. Mike in that situation. Right. The fact that, like, they eliminate Dr. Mike instead of Devin right there is bad like it's bad gameplay where Devin's gonna like Dr. Mike's not gonna beat them (laughs) Dr. Mike is someone who um sure like who doesn't love Dr. Mike but they're not gonna give (laughs) the you know the 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 wacky Dr. Mike who did like nothing of import in the game we're like oh like I threw like half of an idol in the fire and like I wasted an idol in Statue of Liberty Dr. Mike also makes it onto the Neuroses tribe Dr. Mike is is the leader of the Neuroses tribe so we have Chrissy is the the type A women Mike is the leader of the Neuroses tribe and Devin is the leader of the chill bro tribe tribe. yes yes. yeah the chill chill out dude tribe yeah I, I you're totally right and I also think that like when people like it's really tough to watch Devin lose this game because he's he makes that move and you're like, oh, this kicks ass. Like, this whips ass. Yeah. And he knows that the people who are going to keep him are these people who underestimate him. Because yes. I do think that this is a fair point. Chrissy and Ryan really underestimate Devin the whole game. Mm-hmm. And they really underestimate his ability to think for himself and be well-liked. Yes. Especially when you watch the final Tribal Council, like... Ashley reams into Ryan and she's like all of my relationship strategically was through Devin to you like I ne- we didn't have a relationship Devin was like the buffer between us mm-hmm. and I think that's super interesting is like Devin slaps and like Ryan was just like no 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 I, I did a lot it's like no no, no. Yeah. Devin that's bad so where they underestimate Devin they don't take him out like when they easily could right there uh and they end up taking out Dr. Mike instead now we get to the final four challenge Chrissy loses that final four challenge. I don't care about an upside down you. Chrissy loses that challenge. Like Ben wins. Ben wins that challenge. Wild take. Ben wins. Like she, he got all the letters and the, the, the correct. You know, he's, he, he, he's, he's right. Ben wins the challenge. No way. You can't have a... What, 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 if it's a spelling competition, you can't have upside down letters. I mean, the S was like... They have all upside right. down S's all the time. They have upside down... Ends all the time. Like, why is the U so important? I mean, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> such a funny, it's such a funny goof. I love the Survivor seasons where, like, stupid production shit happens. Yeah. It's why I kind of love EOE, where it's like, oh, shit, uh, the guy who was voted out third came back? <laughs> that was the next day at work, talking to people who, like, I work with that don't watch the show. 
Like, just yeah. explaining to them what happened, where I'm like, alright, so there's someone who came back, and, like, everyone was like, oh, no, we can't win. And then, like, someone else came back, and they won, and they came back even further. Like, it was so ridiculous and so bizarre that it's just funny. Like, it's just, like, funny to think about EOE. Uh, I know that um, that we are in the minority in that, uh, and I believe uh, you're going to have uh, uh, another uh, episode pretty soon talking about uh, EOE, if I'm not uh, speaking out I of got a, I got a couple EOE takes, which I'm super excited to get into. I was psyched to give and one, but you were like, ah, it's similar to something else we're going to do. We've but. got too many, and I actually think this take is hilarious. And Yes, so let's... Ben wins the challenge. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if Ben wins the challenge, then who does he put in the fire? Because I think Ben's smart enough to know that Devin would win in the end. So he'd put Devin in. Right. Does he put him against Chrissy, I bet, right? Yeah, I think it's that Because point- by, that, by that time, it was so frosty between Ben and Chrissy. And you also have to kind of recognize that, like, while Ryan... Like, Chrissy has at least one immunities, whereas, like, Ryan has really kind of done nothing yeah. except work in tandem with Chrissy and Devin. Mm-hmm. So if Ryan is protected by the powers that be of Chrissy and Devin, then he should be the bottom of the food chain. Do you feel bad for what's happened to Ryan Pat post-survivor? What What's happened to Ryan post-survivor? No, well, like, just that, like... I think this experience and the experience of the fans really like soured him on things where I think that like he doesn't, he like, he'll like never do Rob's show or anything. And I don't know like how much he's actually like following the show anymore. Um, yeah. I always like, you know, I always hate when like someone's like really like jazz going into it. And no, well, like, I, I do think, I do think you're correct. Ryan gets really shit on by the fans. I want to talk about Ben's, reputation amongst fans so yes like ben won this game and you can say oh you know he just won a lot of uh found of honor immunities he was you know he, he benefited from the fire twist a lot of people are down on ben as a winner a- and for 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 clear reasons and i think we saw a lot of this in 40 where i think that unfairly I think that Ben gets looped in with people who are on the right and, like, public about it. And, like, out about being Republicans. To my knowledge. And if I'm wrong, then, like, feel free to at me. I don't believe that Ben has ever said anything towards which way he leans. Is he military? Yes. You know, uh, is he, like, big Second Amendment guy? Probably. Like, is he from Iowa? Like, sure. But that's making a lot of assumptions about someone's, like, political affiliations without, like, having any hard proof. And so if you're going to hate on Ben for, like, not being your favorite Survivor winner, go right ahead. But I don't think that you can, like, lump him in with the, you know, oh, I don't believe, I don't follow you politically, so I hate you. I don't think that you can... Make the leap and say, you know what? Like, I'll bet a thousand dollars that Ben Drebergen is uh, a MAGA guy. Yeah, you know, I think um, it, it's tricky because I, I feel I, I agree with you. I think that I, I, as much as I know, you know, what Ben supports, which is like obviously his military background and things like that, we don't know. He, he, he sort of logged off, and I think smartly so because people will pick at anything. Yes. Um, I, I feel this way, but I feel this way about Sarah Lucina. Yes. And I can't bring myself to be a fan of Sarah in any way because of this, but that's because we know a little bit more. Yes. Because, yeah, because you know, she's, she's seen, not, she doesn't hide the fact. Right. And we've also seen like Wendell try and have conversations, which is like, God bless him. Go for it. Try. Yeah. And I think... I think part of it is, like, we just want the people we like to be everything that we care about. And it's not always going to be that. We want so badly for our reality stars that we like. When someone wins a million dollars, we want them to be the best 
possible person to now have a million dollars, 600,000 after taxes, after Obama takes it. (laughs) And sometimes I think people really sort of connect to, I don't want somebody who fundamentally disagrees with my personhood or disagrees with me, you know, like, um, it's like like Jeff Schroeder on Big Brother. Mm. Like for me, he's somebody who I think is a great partner. Even like Aaron on Big Brother is a great person to look at and say, this is somebody who we actively know is you know offensive and is homophobic or racist, and we can say I fucking don't care about this person and I don't want them to win. But somebody like Ben, where they're very under the radar, and if we've never heard somebody come out from Survivor and say it. At this point, we can't say anything. We can't ever assume that Ben is a shitty person. For all we know, like, Denise could be a Republican. You just don't, like, you You don't don't know know know. if these, especially adults over 40, are much more willing to keep that under wraps, I think, than anybody else. And so I I think you have a very fair point, which is, like, we like to hate on Ben because we like the idea of Republicans being shitty and the idea of people who are not on our quote-unquote side of things to suck and that's just not true it's it's tricky but i guess what i'm more so saying is like we want to believe that like oh i hate this person and they're republican therefore they suck double hard it's like hey you could just not like this person and Um, you don't know anything about them i'm just talking in a bunch of circles but you get what i you're fine you're fine uh and you bringing up dref schroeder reminds me of my favorite take i came up with of 2020 where I realized before, um, you know, uh, over the summer when a lot of uh, news stories started to come out about certain someone that uh, Jeff Schroeder is the Ellen DeGeneres of Big Brother. (laughs) It tracks. (laughs) This is not, this is not a Big Brother podcast. It's not, but I, 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 I'm I'm so like committed to that take. I love that take so much. So uh, what, what would my shout out me? I think if this was a Big Brother podcast, Big Brother Hot Take podcast, this would just be Josh Martinez deserved to win. <laughs> like, I love – if you don't find the humor in Josh Martinez, I can't help you. That man is fucking hilariously stupid. And, like, obviously that whole season sucked ass. But if you've watched him on the challenge, he is fucking hilarious. He's like a Charlie Brown. He just really gets the shit kicked out of him by life, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I should have me- I should have mentioned this uh, before it's an hour into the podcast, but uh, I just want to put this out there that um, I met uh, Chrissy in Philly for live know it alls that yeah. went during Philly. Seemed like a very nice person, and like this is not like oh like yeah, Chrissy yeah, sucks. Yeah. Like this is not like I hate Chrissy. I'm saying that based on the edit that I saw and exit interviews afterwards, I think that Chrissy would have been a bottom tier winner. That's all. So who do you think is the most comparable game to Chrissy in in the spectrum of Survivor winners we do have? I would say Mike Holloway. And here's why. Uh, Mike Holloway, like, you know, was, was up and down where uh, in the beginning of um, the, the Blue Collar Tribe, you know, uh, there were episodes where, like, he was getting on everyone's nerves. And they're like, oh, we got to vote on Mike Holloway. But then, like, he became the leader. And then there became a point where everyone had turned on Mike and uh, he was no longer in control. And it was going to end up badly for him if he didn't, like, win out the immunities. And so that that's, that's I guess that's my comp. <laughs> I just think that, like, Mike had a little bit more, like, okay. social capital than Chrissy. If that makes sense. I have to say, I think you've convinced me pretty hard. And I think what you're saying is, is really resonating in the fact that I think Chrissy is just. Say it. She is. She's. She's okay. She's fine. Yeah. She's she's okay. I, I really admire her because I think she had a very difficult time with the jury. And I actually think if she was, if she had played like two seasons later, she got no votes because remember Chrissy is the last woman to receive votes until Natalie receives votes in the winners at war. Mm -hmm. So five whole seasons later. And I think that Chrissy could have potentially floundered as hard as Angelina, because I think Angelina is somebody who has the same affect as Chrissy. It's this problem where you're so nice to people in life that you're just you just come across as fake 
whether you're actually nice to people all the time or whether you're fake nice to people, if you kind of grow up, I think it is like a little bit of like the corporate world. If you grow up in this world where you always have to be nice to people, you always have to be polite and professional, you eventually learn a way to talk to everybody which you think pleases everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's realistically pretty fake and pretty shitty and and people see through it. And I think Angelina is cursed with that and she gets zero votes partially because Angelina is up against two better competitors, let's say. Like, I, I think that Chrissy has the advantage of being up against Ben and Ryan, where Ben yeah, is better weak, and weak Ryan is worse. Right. And you mentioning that r- reminds me of, so famously, in the Philippines Final Tribal, Malcolm gets on Denise about that. Where, like, Malcolm's like, hey, it's the psychiatrist in you. You're always, like, nodding and you're always, like, agreeing with things. Like, stop it. Like, yeah. be real for once. Like, and, and Malcolm loved Denise. And, like, the, you know... You're right in that uh, certain people have this thing where they feel like they need to appease everyone and like it becomes to a point where it's like, well, it's kind of obnoxious. Right. And it's it's really ingrained in like womanhood and all, you know, all this oh, yes. uh, stuff people have talked about like over and over again, which we don't need to even delve into. But it, it's really interesting that like then you have somebody like Nora who totally breaks the mold. And it's like not apologetic for how fucking lunatic she is, and we and people still can't respect her. You know, like no. there, it's such a strange middle ground of like, I want you to be nice to me, but then also like you better be smart and you better be a courageous bitch, but you can't be too much of a bitch or I hate you. It's very, it's such a fine line to walk, and I think um, somebody else who fails at this is. Have you seen Australian Survivor? Yes. Okay, spoiler alert for Australian Survivor. If you don't want to talk about Australian Survivor, skip ahead a little bit. I'm going to try and not say this person's name after I say it. But it's Sharn. Yes, yes. Fails. I, I, you didn't even have to say it. I knew yeah. exactly who Sharn fails yeah. two fucking Twice. times Twice. in a row. Yeah. Or not in a row. But she fails two times yep. at Final Tribal because she is just is so unable to both access the raw emotion and stop people-pleasing I don't think these women at all think that they are being fake. But it's, it, I feel like it's different from the way that Amanda Kimmel failed twice in a row. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's a hundred percent different than that. Yeah. Yeah. It, Sharn, Sharn and, and, and Chrissy and Angelina fail because of this like fake niceness where I actually think Amanda fails because she's not tough enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's where she's, she's too cold. Yeah, she's too cold and she's too kind of like, I think also Amanda comes across as very wishy-washy. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the big eyes, the, you know, the, the pouty lips, like it's right. very, yeah, 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 it's very, very performative, uh, which makes sense because, you know, she, she was a pageant girl all the time. Yeah, and I think pageant girl is actually a good way of describing it, but it, it's funny, pageant girls come across as very cold, where I think in like a corporate world, you need to come across as very, very nice to your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, it, uh, yeah, that's why I think it's a different situation. Totally, totally interesting two sides of the like uh, the put upon woman perspective. Like mm-hmm. a pageant girl is very cool and calm and put together and comes across as cold, whereas a, a corporate woman comes across as very sort of offensively Assertive, yeah, fake and yeah. nice. Hilarious. Yeah. Survivor is fascinating. I don't know why people think this show is stupid. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I don't either. I, I love it. And you know that I love it. Um, flaws and all. And there are flaws, my friend. <laughs> there, there are flaws. Um, what, when, when do you think uh, the, the next woman to win Survivor is going to be? Because I almost came with, came, with you, came with you with a take of the next female winner of Survivor. Like, we've already seen her. Where it'll be on a returning player season. Wow. I mean, that's another hot one. Yeah. Oh, and I have, like, uh, if that's the case, like, I have my pick for who, who it's going to be. F- fuck. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> this, is just, this is, like, just bonus takes. Uh, so here's my bonus take. Yeah, like, this, no, this, is, the, this, this podcast, is the hot take it, within the hot take. Yes. The, uh, an hour into this podcast, here's my bonus take. Um, the next female winner of Survivor will Trouble, be... Please. 
Lauren O'Connell. Holy fuck. That is a take. Parvati Upside. Wow. BFFs with Kelly Wentworth. So like, yeah. and and was much better than Wentworth on Wentworth's first season. That's my, that, 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 I'm squatting on that right now. Where like 43, like 42 or 43 will be a returning player season. Lauren O'Connell will be on it. She will win the season. She is your next female Survivor winner. Ugh. And I'm you know, about this. I, I think it's funny because I think Lauren has um, something that uh, I've, I've seen in people I play live reality games with, which is you look at someone and you think this person is young and nice and I want to work yes. with them. And yeah. you don't see the sort of calculating mechanism behind their eyes because you just think this person is so young and nice. And I think um, maybe Victoria had it a little bit too, not as much possibly, but definitely had a little of it. And, you know, to her credit, Lauren only really screws up because she thinks she's kind of in like a really shitty position yeah. and gives where, Chris where, an idol. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody in that final five, final six, expected that Chris would win. No. Like, nope. j- you know, you feel bad for voting this fucker out and now he's back. He's been on an island for 30 something days. You know, give him, you know, keep him in the game another day longer. It's a mistake. But you uh, like imagine that somebody you voted out has been fucking drowning on an island for like 30 days and you feel mm. so bad about it. Like just the yeah. biggest guilt. And I'm not saying, right, like, I'm not, like, sitting here uh, right now and saying that uh, if Lauren doesn't give up the idol, if she, right. like, plays the idol at five correctly. Yeah, you're not saying she makes it winner. to the final. If she makes it to the final, I'm not saying she wins. She probably doesn't. But I'm just saying that she's the next female winner of Survivor. Wow. There you go. What a fucking... This is why you, you had me on, man. Like I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna come at you. I mean, I love it. I love it so much. Um, I think that I want all I want in my life. Shout out to her. I want Karishma to come back and win a season. I love Karishma. I, I, I love Karishma yeah. so much. She fucking rules. And so, um, it, little uh, you know, inside inside baseball here. Uh, <laughs> I. I Krishma and I both uh, participated in uh, the circle game that you and our mutual friend, uh, Jordan Kalish, uh, created, hosted, uh, did yeoman's work for. Uh, and uh, I, I, I fell in love with Krishma and, and she's, she's, uh, she's tops. I, I, I love Krishma and I hope nothing but uh, uh, the best for her. And if she ever comes back, like, you know, I'm standing Krishma. I think that's the other thing is Krishma has really clearly proven that she has... Uh, great sort of social skills and I yep. think like she was probably just on a tribe with people like she could not connect with could not relate to and just like spiraled emotionally and that's fucking relatable have you ever like I don't know I've been at like summer camp with people I don't get along with and spiraled emotionally like I yep. can't imagine yep. being in a game for $39 or $39 that's hilarious <laughs> Survivor $39 <laughs> <laughs> Sandra would still play. One day, <laughs> 10 people, $39. $39. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, and I think you'll agree with this, um, and if you don't, then then tell me I'm wrong. Right. I think that uh, Survivor needs more women in the editing room because I think they do a really bad job of, especially when it comes to women, of editing them um, a certain way because think about the edit that uh, that Gabby gets in 37 yeah. like think about like a- a- and like a- Gabby's such like a confident like hilarious like wonderful person and we just like oh like the narrative is that she cries all the time and that she like is just loyal to Christian until she isn't and like that's so tired and like I feel like we need more dynamic stories about these women that afterward the show, when they do interviews, when they're able to like do things with Rob, where I'm able to meet them at these live events, I walk away and be like, yo, I like mm-hmm. Michelle Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't like, I was, I thought Aubrey was robbed in 31 and having like a 10 minute conversation with Michelle Fitzgerald. I'm like, Oh, like I see why you won because you're absolutely delightful. Right. And so I just think that like, 
there are a lot of issues right now with, with Survivor, a show that we both love very much, mm-hmm. but we can be honest about them. Uh, uh, you know, diversity casting and all that. But I think that just as important is, I think there need to be uh, more women in the editing room to be able to like tell these stories where it's not just like a surprise at the end of the year. Yeah. So I think you're totally right. I actually think three examples that pop into mind for me of like yes. these these women that were totally robbed of their stories that when you hear it in the post game make a thousand percent more sense are uh, Dr. Allison and Kara from mm-hmm. David vs. Goliath and yes. Hannah yep. from uh, Gen X. Yes. Because when everyone says, oh, well, well, Adam won, but Hannah could have won you know like people talk about how like hannah could have been second place and i'm like i have no idea how hannah could have been second place yeah where just like watching the show you assume that that if adam doesn't win then ken does but like no like ken doesn't get a vote like ken Ken get gets shut out by hannah right and and like if and and everyone sort of says like oh well hannah takes adam because they did have a good chance going up against each other and like we we never see that. We always see Hannah as like crazy for taking Adam. And, you know, Dr. Allison was always talked about as a huge social threat and Kara was always talked about as a huge social threat. And mm. we never get to see this at all. Um That was that that, that was a rough last episode of Yeah. <laughs> of, of David vs. Goliath. I actually think um, it's I think if Survivor wants to have better edits, it should yep. It should add one more episode in. It should add mm-hmm. a, an additional episode. So either the final six vote out or the final five vote out. Maybe even make, you know, six and five one episode because otherwise we totally lose the story. I agree with you that editing needs to be more diverse because uh, part of it is also like, and having worked on a show like this recently, there are story producers and uh, you know executive producers who are writing up scripts and directors who are writing up scripts. So they're mm. writing up, they're taking the transcriptions of scenes and then putting those scenes into like almost like a paper script and then saying, okay, so this can be an edit and then sending it to the editors. And then the editors have lots of creative control as well. But story producers, uh, and not the people who are out in the field, but the people who are in the edit back home, need to that diversity needs to be way increased and Mm -hmm. those people are often you know they want drama and um whatever sort of high production value but realistically you need people who are uh who relate to the stories that are being told and who are not just using people as tokens and you're you're completely correct in that it always comes back to who is shaping a narrative and I think if we are hard-pressed to look at Survivor's, cast, Survivor's sort of story editor department and, like, their post-production team, I think it will speak for itself. There's, you know, that amazing Twitter that talks so much about Survivor diversity, and I think it's important to recognize that, like, and they do this as well, recognize that the edit and the post-production team is incredibly responsible for shaping a narrative. Yep. And, and that's just how it is, and got to look more into where your diversity is actually being effective and not to mention, like, in a season where, um, I, like, I remember when Missy was like, hey, like, Jeff, I, you know, two black people just want immunity. Like, do you have anything yeah. to say about that? And people were like, uh, shut up, Missy. And I was like, bro, like, come on. You cannot say, oh, you know, yes, Survivor is a diversity problem. It sucks, man. And then, like, be annoyed the minute that Missy, who I think... Missy is like a confident person. Missy's just like a like a Rodney yeah, or and a... people people preseason who listened to first one out like fell in love with Missy for like just like how much she owned her shit and how confident right. she was and like how great she was in that interview with Josh Wiggler and everyone was excited about Missy and you can't have it both ways. Well, you can't love her for like being so herself in this moment, but then when she speaks her truth, you can't roll your eyes and be like, oh, this has nothing to do with that. And it's like, it's it's whenever anyone points out on Twitter, uh, and I can't imagine the Reddit, like, I, I don't oh. go to Reddit, like, I don't, like, Survivor Reddit is like a wasteland. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not interested in going there. I'm just on Twitter and just with people I follow and friends of mine, whenever they have the gall to point out the fact that, oh, it's not great that, one woman in the 30s, like, uh, like two, sorry, two women in the 30s 
won the game. There haven't been, like, women who got votes at the end. Like, how quickly are there bros, like, in the comments being like, why are you making it about gender? Like, it's not about gender. They have just as much of a chance. It's 50-50. And you're like, you want to scream. And I'm like... It, it, this your voice is terrifying. I love it. It's a great vo- impression of the online man. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I, I've been all experience. I've been that online man. No, I, well, Survivor is inherently about politics because you're 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 trying to weigh your social capital, and it's always demonstrative of like what human beings have what social capital. We're like for a long time, and you actually see this in the challenge too. I think we're for a long time like white men just had this sort of big power structure or like gay men find it tough to get through. And like, it, it really takes, uh, it really takes people who are socially accepting to like allow things to go through. But when you don't have people who are socially accepting, when you're like, Oh, I want to see, you know, Jason go against Russell or whatever you see inherently that like the white people went out because that it's a power structure and obviously like rob and everybody at rob's podcast who who did those sort of round tables like really talk about this way more in depth and in much more of like a nuanced and with much more experience but like it's (laughs) just it's just you can't pretend that survivor isn't political and if you think that it's not grow the fuck up also mjc is to go Uh, soon MJC, what do you think of School of Rock and how recently have you watched it? Uh, I love School of Rock. Um, I was actually just watching it a couple nights ago before I went to bed. Great. Uh, so, yeah, my, Mike White is uh, is great in it as Ned Schneebly. Ned Schneebly, like an elite uh, character name. I, I love yes. Ned Schneebly. Um, everyone is so good in it, uh, but uh, I am also here to say that uh, Jack Black is fantastic and does not get the shine that he deserves. If you guys don't follow Jack Black on TikTok, I don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> Jack Black on TikTok is incredible. There was a two-year stretch where I believe in back-to-back Oscars that Jack Black and Will Ferrell did like a musical number. One of them was with John C. Riley, the other one was not. But... In back-to-back years, they did a musical number that is absolutely hysterical. I will go back and watch it, like, once a week, where I'm just like, I want to see this, like, musical number that they do. Um, He is uh, extremely talented. Uh, He does comedy really well, does music really well. Like, he can act dramatically pretty well, too. Like... I have I have so much love for Jack Black. I'm really glad that School of Rock exists because it's something that even like the most negative towards Jack Black can point to be like, eh, it's pretty good in that one. And and Jack Black is like, uh, if 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 people haven't, uh, people probably haven't. Um, there's a recent episode of uh, the podcast Blank Check, hosted by Griffin Newman and David Sims. Yes, um, your friend. David Sims on Mute Me Challenge, and I think that. They they do have a great conversation with Paul Shear and Jason Manzoukas of like the death of studio comedy, and about how comedic actors want to play serious roles to get recognized as actual actors, mm-hmm. even though comedy in a lot of times is very tough to do. Yeah. And I think it, you just have to watch School of Rock to realize that like Jack Black is a full powerhouse. And I'm going to say it: Jumanji was good. Jumanji was good. Yes. And I enjoyed no, my whole Jumanji. ride yeah. in that. I ho- I enjoyed the Jumanji. whole film experience. And, and I Both think that, like, Jack Black is incredible. Jack Black is such, like, a ray of, like, insane positive light and, and joy. His videos on YouTube are insane because he just has, like, two, like, teenage sons who are, you can tell, are both incredibly embarrassed by him and so happy that he is their dad. It's incredible. Jablinski games. By the way, for all of you out here who have made it, like, an hour yeah. and 20 yeah, yeah, some yeah. odd minutes into this, but I'm assuming you know me. So, story checks out. <laughs> I love Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you came on here, I'm like, a big actually, like I don't Jack Black loving energy. I don't think if I don't think Jack Black is actually my style. I would be like, oh my god, I gotta hang up. Look, uh, I think my kitchen's <laughs> on fire. I gotta go. Hilarious. Uh, so, but I agree that Mike White was robbed. Wow. By, um, yeah, 
100%. Great. We don't need to dissect that any further because you need to. <laughs> and I don't want to analyze it. And if, and if here, here was my thought. I had this the other day. Mike White took a bunch of those fuckers to Fiji. And yes. you're going to tell me that that man is not liked by that jury. Fuck off. Oh, he's beloved. He's beloved. Beloved. The last thing I'll leave you with. Yes. A lot of people give Christian shit for his vote at the final mm-hmm. trial. I think that if you make a survivor jury, vote for whoever the hell you want to vote for. Like, the people who, like, hate on Aubrey and David Wright for voting for Chris. People who hate on everyone for voting for Natalie. Grow up. Like, it's your vote. You get to award a million dollars to whoever you want to. Like, get out of my face. That's all. Uh, I concur. And I will also say to that, if you ever play sequester, don't let anybody tell you how to vote. Vote your own fucking way. It doesn't matter. It's a game online. Vote however you want to vote. Don't make your final question about you. Oh, my God. But, yeah, please stop fucking talking about yourselves in Sequester. <laughs> That's my other piece of advice. But anybody who plays Sequester inherently is uh, looking to talk about themselves, including oh, myself. E- egomaniacs, for sure. We're all egomaniacs. Michael J. Clark, thank you so much for joining me. I was just wondering, does anybody ever sing, like, MJC, like the NYC song from Annie, to you? MJC, la da 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 da. I was in Annie. Um, they do not, but uh, maybe they will now. It might start. I might start that trend. We'll see. Do it to it. Please listen to pilot season. I've been on Please. three fucking episodes. She'll be on a fourth pretty soon. I'm. I'm just like putting that on your lap right yeah, now. Yeah, let's let's manifest you about it. But you'll be on. Let's manifest very soon. Shout out to Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz who reached out to me specifically to say I loved this episode that you did. And I was like, this is hilarious. She's Nobody sweet. has ever told me I've been fun on a podcast before. Aww. I love it. You, but, uh, I mean, you've told because me. you're 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 phenomenal. You are you are fun on everything. Um, and you know that but I... nobody who's like kind of a stranger to me has ever said I enjoyed listening to. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, Naomi, you know that I love you to pieces, and uh, this was <sighs> so much fun. I'm so psyched that you could do this on such short notice. I very much appreciate Anytime. it. I'm so glad. We got to delve into this take. Christy, bottom tier winner if she does win in whichever yep. Spider-Verse you want to imagine she's in. Um, that and so much more. <laughs> so you should, I think you can subscribe to me on Spotify right now. I'm waiting to get approved by like three other podcasts. Oh, sister, five. I have to tell you, you are on iTunes. I am subscribed to you on iTunes. Fuck yeah, I'm on iTunes. You are on iTunes, baby. See, I listen to all my podcasts on like over, what is this? I don't know what app it is. Overcast? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Overwatch and I was like, Overcast. I know that's not yeah, it's right. It's Overcast outside. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes apparently. You can subscribe on what, uh, Spotify is the other one that I think I'm definitely on. And then eventually Overcast, which is the podcast app I use. Shout out to Overcast. You can follow me on Twitter, which is at Naomi Calhoun. I might start a Twitter just for this podcast shit. Uh, who knows? And then uh, Michael is MJCSZN and Mike MJC season. And please go listen to Pilot Season because Pilot Season fucking slaps. It's a great podcast and a great time. And I've been on it three times and. Uh, I talked about Barry, Scrubs, and Party Down, all shows you should watch on TV. Okay, thanks for this. Good night. Bye.